You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. He said, I'm going to make you a pillar in the temple of my God. What does that mean? I'm going to make you a strong one in my church. I'm going to write my name on you. What does that mean? Everywhere you go, people are going to know you're his. Name is ownership. I'm going to put my name on you. I'm going to own you. And people are going to know I own you. You know, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can't hide it. When you're full of Jesus, you can't hide it. You can't mask it. Do you know that when you accepted Jesus into your heart, you became a citizen of heaven? Did you know that you're part of a family of faith that extends far beyond what you could ever comprehend? Well, today in his message, Pastor Jeff reminds you that you are a child of the one true God, and no one can take that away from you. You have a ticket to eternity with Jesus. How could you ever keep the good news in? Being a living example of who Jesus is and making a difference in his mighty name. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Revelation chapter 3 as he continues his message, Philadelphia, the loving church. Now, as we'll see, the New Testament church of Philadelphia lived up to its name as the loving church because they faithfully proclaim the love of God, even though they were limping, even though their strength was little, they still carried the love of God. They did not quit. They, they moved forward. They didn't let weakness stop them. Lack of resources stopped them. Limitations stopped them. They moved forward. Give me a little bit of strength. I'm going to use it for Jesus. As long as I can, I will. Now, I want to explore what we can. Just a couple of things about this church that I want to pull out for us today. First of all, I want you to notice that our Jesus is a Lord who opens doors of opportunity. He's a door opener. Now, he's also a door closer, but he's a door opener. He's a way maker. He makes a way where there is no way. He opens a door where there is no door. Doors are sent by God, open doors in answer to prayer. He, he is a, 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 a God who gives his people opportunity. Paul said, as we have opportunity, let us redeem the time. Paul said, he opened for me an effectual mighty door of opportunity. When you hear about an open door, then you're talking about an opportunity, something that God wants you and I to step through, to walk through, to take advantage of. What good is a door if you don't go through it? He's, he's a door maker, a way maker. He opens doors. Jesus said, I know all things that you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. Now we know that the open door that he made was a door of evangelism, a door, a, a door of opportunity to preach the gospel, a door of opportunity that had not always been there. We don't know what it was, but we do know that it was an opportunity. It was a door that, that, that confronted them, that, they, that, that Jesus made available to them. And he said, now I want you to walk through it. You got a little bit of strength, but you have not denied my name. You have not walked away from my word. You've stood tall for my truth. So I'm going to open for you a door. And I want you to walk through it. Doors are for walking through. In a little while, we're going to dismiss this service and you're going to go through those doors. What good does it do? Oh, I see a door. Oh yeah, that's a door. Yep, that is a real door. I for sure see that door. What a beautiful door. 
Look at that door. It is really a handsome door. But what good does that door do if you don't turn the knob and walk through? Because they are doors of opportunity. God provides doors of opportunity, divine doors, doors that would never, ever open if he had not provided it. Impossible doors, doors that make you look at them and say, somebody pinch me. I can't believe this is real. Look at the door that God has opened. No man could have done this. No manipulation could have done this. No ladder climbing could have done this. God opened this door. You ever had a door like that? A door that just makes you look at it and laugh and say, I can't believe. Look what the Lord has done. Look at the door that he has opened up. Look at this opportunity. And Jesus assured them, let me tell you something. When I open a door, no man can shut it. No devil in hell can shut it. Nothing can shut it. When I open a door, that door is open. And when I close a door, that door is closed. There's a lot of kinds of doors that God opens. Let me give you some examples. Uh, here's a big one. He opens a door for you to be saved. He opens a door for people to be saved. What a precious door that is. What a powerful door that is. Listen to me, everybody. He opens the door. He gives an opportunity. Somebody comes and shares Jesus with you. Or somebody invites you to an evangelistic campaign. Somebody invites you to come hear about the Lord. And all of a sudden, you're confronted with the door of salvation. There it is. God extends it. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man opens the door, he can give you the door, but you got to open the door. If any man opens the door, I will come into his life and fellowship with him and he with me. His life will be totally changed if he walks through that door. Whosoever will, let him come. He opens the door of salvation. And I'm going to expand on that in just a minute. Because of all the doors I'm going to talk about, that's probably the biggest one. Because there may not be 30 of them or 10 of them or five of them. There may be once when Christ brings before a sinner an open door and says, here's my, my son, here's the gospel. Turn the knob, walk through, give your heart to Jesus and your life is gonna be changed. Open doors, when God sends a door and you go through it, you're never gonna be the same. Your life is never going to be the same. When God gives you a door, it's a door that takes you into a, a, another level, another level of experience. It expands you. It widens you. It stretches you. It gives you an opportunity that you never had before. You're going to learn things you would have never learned. You are never the same. You are never the same when you go through a door that God has sent. He, he can send you a door for ministry. He brings an open door. When I was uh, still a teenager, just a few years back, and God touched me and, and came into my life, and I had a powerful experience with Jesus, powerful experience with his spirit, and I fell in love with Jesus. We love him because he first loved us. I fell in love with Jesus. How do you love somebody you can't see? by the power of the Holy Spirit, by being converted, by being saved, though having not seen him, yet you love him. And I fell in love with Jesus. And I was just worshiping Jesus. 
I learned how to play guitar so I could sit in my little efficiency apartment and sing God is so good to Jesus. I believe that I personally made heaven sick of kumbaya because I played he is Lord, God is so good and kumbaya over and over again, tears streaming down my face because he changed my life. I had no idea that the Bible study I was going to, the man who was leading it came to me one night and said, I'm going to go to medical school, Jeff, and I really believe the Lord has tapped my heart to tap you to take this Bible study. And all of a sudden there's a door. Here's a door. I didn't look for it. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't, as a matter of fact, it terrified me because I had stage fright. Yes, I did. I know I'm up here, but I had stage fright. My lower lip would shake. My eyes would twitch. I'd turn red in the face. I was terrified to speak to anybody more than four or five people. And look what he did to me now. Yeah. But watch this. It was, it was a door. And I knew it was a door. And what was God saying? I'm opening a door. I'm giving you a door of opportunity to walk through it. And I went home and I prayed. And the Lord said, do it. I walked through it. And having walked through that door, I never looked back. And I've been doing the same thing ever since. It changed my life. It was a life-changing door. When God opens a door, you're never going to be the same. When God gives you a door, take it. It can be an open door for employment. You pray and you pray and you pray. Say, oh God, I need a job, I need a job. And you go knocking, seeking, knocking, asking. You go looking and door after door is shut. Let me tell you what I've learned about shut doors. The day will come, you'll thank God for those shut doors. Because if God shuts a door, if God shuts a door, it wasn't for you. Now I've argued with God about shut doors. Lord, I know that's my door. No, that's not your door. But, but Lord, it looks right, it's not, not your door. But it feels right, it's not your door. But it seems right, it's not your door. It's my ideal door, it's not your door. I'm shutting it. And you look back and you go, thank God I didn't walk through that door. Have you ever been to a high school reunion? I'm so glad there's name tags. Because without a name tag, I don't know who they are. Everybody has changed. And here comes that one that you just knew was your door. And you take one look and say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, you ladies, same thing. You thought he was it. And God shut that door. And then there's a high school reunion a couple of decades down the road. And he comes up. You don't even know who he is. But for the name tag, you say, thank you, Jesus. But when God opens the door, we need to learn to take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Make the most of every opportunity. Ephesians. He'll open a door for a godly friendship. He'll open a door for a relationship that is godly. He opens a door. He's a door opener. He's a way maker. He makes a way where there isn't one. He opens a door where there wasn't one. He makes the, the impossible possible. We need to learn to walk through those doors. He, he said to Philadelphia, I've opened a door for you. The Greek could actually read, a door having been opened already. The door is already open. And you know what we do? We miss open doors. Uh, I do. I've missed so many open doors, uh, particularly, I'll tell you this, in soul winning. 
how easy it is to miss open doors. You know, you're, you're at that store and you're in such a hurry to get out of there and get in your car and get home and beat the traffic. Uh, you don't notice the hurt on the face of the cashier. And she or he, they were ready for the gospel. If we discern the door, if we had discerned the door, it could be an open door to minister to somebody, a brother or a sister that calls you and they are distressed. And, but you're watching that show, NCIS. Boy, I hit a nerve there. You're watching that show and you want to get back to it? I'll tell you where my mother is bad about this. My little mother just turned 99. Yeah, I know. And she's going all the time. But if I call her during a baseball game, it's over. Jeff who? I, can, I, I know I don't have her. Mother, it's me. And I hear, you know, the crowd in the background and somebody hit the baseball. And, and I know I've half got her attention. What are you doing, Mom? You're watching baseball, aren't you? Well, yeah. Who is it? Well, you know, it's my favorite team, the Rangers. 99. She should be a sports commentator. She knows all the teams, all the names. She, she'll tell you who needs to be traded, who needs to be kept. And, and I'll say, Mom, you're tuned out. Oh, I know. I'm sorry, Jeffrey, but they're, they, they got to make this play. If they don't make this play, they're going to lose this game. And I say, okay, I'll let you go. I'll call you later. But see, she missed a door, but I do too. And so we, we say to this person that calls all distressed, yeah, yeah, yeah. We give them a couple of formulaic Christian statements. You know, God's got this. And we let them go to get back to our show. We miss a door. We miss a door. And again, I got to tell you, missing the door that Jesus sends for you to be saved, the opportunity to be saved, I know everybody in here more than likely is saved, at least most. But what an opportunity, what a sacred moment when God comes down and brings somebody right up to you to share Jesus. And it's your door. It's your door. I was sitting in juvenile home, 16 years old. Never heard the gospel. God sent a Baptist preacher with three young people with guitars. My guard came to my cell and said, you want to come hear some people talk to you about Christianity? I didn't even know what it was. I said, you mean Christmas? No, Christianity. But I would have gone to watch a clown show to get out of the cell. So I went, and here's the door. He, he just quoted John three sixteen. here's the door. And look what was beyond that door. Oh my, look, look at the power of that door. <laughs> I'm going one way. I go through the door. I'm going another way. I'm going, I'm lost. Go through the door, I'm found. I'm blind, go through the door, I see. I'm dead, go through the door, I'm alive. Watch this. I'm hellbound, go through the door, I'm heavenbound. The power of a door. 
the power of a door. Jesus looked at Jerusalem one day and he wept. And he said this, how I wish today that you of all people, Jerusalem, would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late. You know that one day it'll be too late? Now it's too late. And peace is hidden from your eyes because you did not know the time when God came to save you. You didn't see the door. Second, that I learned from Philadelphia, and I'll wind up with this. We learned from Philadelphia, they didn't let weakness stop them. Now I'm going to talk straight to you and straight to me. I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to me. We're living in hard times, tough times. A lot of people feel like they're fainting on the inside. It's trying times. Just take the trials of the culture, the increasing persecution against the church. Used to be if you said you were a pastor, it was honorable. Now when I say it in a crowded elevator, everybody quits talking. It's like, oh, oh, one of those. Oh. You'd be on a crowded elevator and talk about how beautiful Buddha is. and Everybody's, yeah. On a crowded elevator, talk about how beautiful Jesus is. And they're pushing buttons to get out. Okay. But they didn't let weakness stop them. They didn't let uh, limited resources stop them. They didn't let limitations stop them. The Bible says you have little strength. I'm noticing you have little strength, yet, yet you obeyed my word and you did not deny me. Now, here's the sense about this church. The sense of this church is they had passed through some kind of a great trial, something that was really devastating, some persecution maybe. Maybe it was one of these earthquakes so common to the region. Don't know. Maybe their numbers had greatly depleted for some reason. Don't know. They have a little strength left. The implication is they used to be a lot stronger. But now they got a little strength. There's a little strength left. And in that straightened, tightened situation and context, they still would not deny his name and they would not let go of his word. So what did Jesus say? He says, because I've seen your faithfulness, I'm going to open a door for you. That's why I'm telling you, you may feel like today you're depleted. You're going on fumes. You're going on yesterday's blessing. You're going on the residue of yesterday's strength. You feel like you're dragging. Some of you dragged in here today. Pastor Jeff better preach me up. Ronnie better sing me up because I'm down. We're, we're in a depleting kind of culture. It sucks the life out of you. If you don't get with God every day. So Jesus says to them, here's what I'm going to do for you since you've been faithful. Let me give it to you quick. Ready? One, vindication. He said this. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue those liars who say they're Jews and they're not to come and bow at your feet. Now, who were these, these people that saying they were Jews? They were not. They were followers of Moses and they tracked the disciples, the apostles, the evangelists and the churches everywhere. And they would go in to these congregations to undermine the theology of these congregations and tell them you cannot be saved if you don't mix Moses with Jesus. 
You got to follow the law and grace. You are, you are not saved by grace through faith alone. But you got to mix Moses with grace. And they would undermine and undercut the message of the gospel. So Jesus said they say they're Jews and followers of Moses, but they're not real Jews. Because if they were real Jews, they would believe on me. So look what he says. I'm going to make them acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Vindication. Vindication. Let me tell you, if you stand for what is right, if you stand for what is true, and there's all kinds of people calling you liar, calling you this, calling you that, you hang tough with Jesus and it's all going to come out in the wash. And what is true will rise to the top. Everybody say vindication. He said, I'm going to vindicate you in the end. In the end, you're going to be vindicated. Your stand for me is going to be vindicated. Second, relief. He says, you have kept my command to endure patiently. I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Now, we don't know what the trial was. It was going to be huge. It might have been the persecution that, that railed against the church, that early church. And so many martyrs, so many killed, so many persecuted. Might have been that. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you relief. Vindication and relief. Now, it's not a promise they're never going to be persecuted. They're never going to go through hard times. But it is clearly a word that something major was coming and they were not going to feel the brunt of it. Am I talking to anybody? I know it's hard to understand because we don't know what it was. Might have been the lifespan of the church because this church went on longer than any of the other seven or six because they were six, seven, seven, six. You know what I'm saying? Well, we don't know for sure. We can rest assured that some kind of deliverance came to them from God, a protection. The last thing, reward. Jesus said, I'm coming soon. Hang on to what you have. That's a song, isn't it? Hold on to what you got. That's secular. But what do we have? We have salvation. We have the Holy Spirit living within. We have the promises of God. We have the Bible. We have one another. We have praise. We have worship. We have all of heaven fighting on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? We're on the winning team. Hold on to what you have. He said, I'm going to make you a pillar in the temple of my God. What does that mean? I'm going to make you a strong one in my church. And I'm going to write my name on you. What does that mean? Everywhere you go, people are going to know you're his. Name is ownership. I'm going to put my name on you. I'm going to own you. And people are going to know I own you. You know, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can't hide it. When you're full of Jesus, you can't hide it. You can't mask it. Don't even try. You're glowing in the dark. Amen? Let me ask you, do you have a little bit of strength today? Do you feel like you are on fumes? I, I get it. They were so hard. They've knocked you for a loop. You're limping. I'll tell you something about your enemy and mine. If the devil can't take you down, he'll take someone down who's going down takes you down. If the devil can't take you out, he'll take someone out who's going out takes you out because you love them. 
When you go out into the world, do you mirror the image of Jesus? Do you make it a point to be a game changer for the sake of His kingdom? Does His love exude from you in everything you do? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff illustrated the best way to grow in your faith with Christ, sharing His love with everyone you meet, even if it's sharing with someone you despise or you don't feel equipped for the task. God will always use you for glorious things in His name. If you're interested in learning about Hardwired, Diane has some things to share. For more teachings and information about this ministry, we encourage you to check out hardwired.org. Pastor Jeff Wickwire has many more messages there. You'll find them under the audio tab. This will surely help you be encouraged in the Word. Once again, that's hardwired.org. We want to invite you to come back again next time for another teaching from Pastor Jeff. Daniel has more on that, giving you something to look forward to. Oftentimes, it's easy to get caught being lukewarm. Whether we've sunk into the comfort of our daily routines or have been backsliding to the ways of the world, we all find ourselves not putting in 100% from time to time. In his next message, Pastor Jeff shows you the closeness with Jesus you'll experience when you choose to be all in for His kingdom. No other calling is more important than being a hard worker for the glory of God. Be sold out for the gospel in everything you do. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from the book of Revelation, so be sure to join us again. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwired.